The EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University. Futures Podcast, exploring the emerging future in Europe. I'm Olia Jordanian, an outreach coordinator at BU Center for the Study of Europe. Today is May 17, and I talk to Maria Bartel, an assistant professor at the University of Amsterdam, a visiting researcher at the Harvard University Law School, and a visiting fellow at BU Center for the Study of Europe. You mean if the path of Europe does not change? Where are we heading? Yeah, what, what's what's happening right now in the European Union? What, what's the uh, future yes. that is? What, what is kind of future is emerging right now in the European Union? Um, so unless we uh, take some serious steps in terms of changing the path that uh, Europe is taking now, I think that Europe uh, cannot expect a too bright future. Um, so on the economic front, uh, we have a huge uh, polarization between the countries of the core and countries of the periphery. There are huge differences, uh, um, economic divergences, which cannot be, uh, or there are difficulties to address those in the context of the current economic union. And since those divergences are eventually also uh, um, growing, um, that may be one of the of the of the factors that are undermining uh, the current uh, integration project. At the same time, we do not have institutions to actually deal with those problems. So, uh, on institution on economic front, the major front of the of the European Union, uh, we have we are failing. Uh, on the other hand, we are also facing migration crisis or migration uh, um, crisis. I think is appropriate word there. And again, EU institutions are failing to address this, uh, this uh, big crisis. It's again time to strong solidarity as on economic front, but we are again failing to, to, to do so. So we have two big crises and, um, and then also thousands small crises. But I think what we are seeing is that we um, need to start thinking seriously about how to change EU institutions uh, in order to create, create a space to actually solve the uh, problems together. So together, meaning also with certain solidarity, with not trying to externalize problems to countries which often cannot cope with even their own problems, as is happening now with migration crisis, and actually taking taking European project finally seriously. You know, each moment of crisis is also a moment of uh, big opportunities. You talked about uh, European institutions and its their incapabilities. So how would you how would you describe that? How would you break down that for our listeners? What is missing? Um, so I think that this is going to sound a little bit commonplace. We actually miss democracy in Europe. But so there is a lot of democracy on the paper, uh, but we do not have democracy in practice. Uh, the reason why we do not have democracy in practice is that um, I think democracy democracy needs. Um, certain commitments to sharing and solidarity that have not been made in Europe 
and that in turn discourages you know participation in in the in, in the same institutions uh, that would uh, make up for European democracy. So there is a circular problem there, namely we do not have institutions to enable democracy and since we do not have those institutions and in particular since we do not have enough solidarity we cannot create uh, we <laughs> cannot feed into into uh, even the emergent nascent uh, institutions that we have put in place so there is no public sphere and one of the reasons why there is no public sphere in Europe for instance just to go with Habermas is that um, our problems are not common problems Greek problems are not German problems. If they are, uh, if they if Ge if Greek problems are German problems, they are not so because uh, they are shared problems, but rather they are problems which are happening to somebody else and somebody else who is not one of us. And I think there is more of those kind of uh, examples in Europe. And so I think that the most important change that we need to see is to well start taking democracy politics more seriously. So we need to make commitments. I think that one of the major steps that needs to be done is we need to start making commitments to solidarity and sharing and foremost sharing the economic resources. And then we will actually be able to produce uh, um, more, more, more integrated public sphere in Europe, more sh shared political, political issues uh, and uh, eventual, uh, eventual political solutions to issues. So I think the step at this moment, of course, you know, we cannot democracy needs institutions so the first step that needs to be done uh, and it, it needs to come from the from from those member states who are now participating and are the leading member states such as germany for instance or, or holland where i'm staying now so the leading member states who actually if they if this europe is to be taken seriously need to provide or need to commit certain uh, more more uh, robust um uh sharing of resources in order to to, to, to turn the wheel. How can that be achieved? Well, I think that um, if the crisis um, aggravates, if the urgency raises, um, the EU will either start falling apart or we will feel the urgency to do something different. No, so whether we are supposed to wait for some kind of catastrophic catastrophic events, I hope uh, I hope not. But um, I think the um, basically sharing has to become one of the major alternatives that are on the table. So. Um, you know, I think that, that there, there is a deeper problem, structural problem in the EU integration, namely that we have at some point thought that we can create markets, we can create economic integration, we can create uh, monetary integration without serious commitment to do those things together. Um, and in such, in such context, uh, um, yeah, we may need to, uh, we may need to reconsider those, those commitments and it has to become part of our, uh, of or part of our economic discourse. Basically, that this is something which you know comes with the market. If we want to have markets, we, we must accept a considerable degree of sharing of common destiny, also in economic terms. So I think that the first step or the most important step is to establish 
sharing and solidarity as a major um, responsibility that comes with establishing a common market. And I think there are economic theories which um, can give us a lot of, of sense that this is actually something which comes with, uh, with sharing the market. Um, and then uh, when the situation gets somewhat worse, that should be one of, the, uh, one of the options that will stand in front of the member states and one of the alternatives from which they can, they can choose. So I think it's really about legitimizing the discourse of sharing as something not that we are giving to, let's say I'm going to use Greeks just to make it uh, more simple, not something that we are uh, giving to Greeks as, for instance, as, as a charity, but something that we owe them because we share certain, uh, certain common economic institutions, for instance, economic and political institutions. To what extent do you think European citizens shape the future of Europe or have the ability of shaping the future of Europe? I currently work on the TTIP, Transatlantic Trade Investment Partnership, and there it seems that European citizens have um, been very um, active, um, civil society at the first place, and then also, but also citizens, you know, this was one of the events that has uh, brought to the, to the streets of Europe many thousands of people. Um, even in Amsterdam, where I'm um, currently, um, it has been almost 10,000 people uh, who, who demonstrated against TTIP, something that is um, not usually the case, not to mention Berlin, where you had almost 200,000 people in the street. So, um, so there is, there is certain, there, 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 there is space there. Now, the, 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 of course, these people who demonstrate against TTIP, um, they do not, so they, it's people from broad range of, of, of so from broad range of political, um, uh, specters and so they come from yeah, different they have the different um, political affiliations so it's really something which seems to have mobilized a lot of people across the political board and um, um, yeah and I, I believe that they actually are having a significant say in what is happening unfortunately TTIP also wonderfully shows us what is problematic with the EU so the huge gap that we have between on the one hand technocratic um, forms of decision making and um, disinterest of, of experts or elites in uh, engaging with the people who very often are presented as, as um, driven by fear which has no basis in science um, so there is a lot of there is a lot of uh, dismissal of, of the popular will um, and this the, the, the lack of uh, recognition that there is not only one kind of knowledge and expertise that should be valid in the in a space such as the European Union, and that is deeply also a democratic problem. So, what kind of knowledges are supposed to come into decision making and rule making in the EU? So, there is space for European citizens; they can do something. Now, the question is whether we can see them also making steps vis-à-vis -vis, uh, economic problems that we are facing. This is much more problematic because this may be something. So if you look at the way how Greek crisis has been dealt with, trade unions, for example, in Germany, have been one of the first to to oppose uh, solidarity measures. Maybe not one of the first, but were part of the of the front against any any um, serious uh, redistribution and help. 
It was quite quite funny. I recently been at a, at one of the presentations of Mark Blythe at Harvard uh, Harvard uh, Center for Study of Europe, and one of the things that he says is that if you look at the structural funding, for that has to be redistributed to various states in the in, for the next five years. For instance, many of the countries are supposed to get a huge chunks of of the billions. For example, Poland is somewhere around sixty billion uh, euros in the next five years or starting 2012. So this is kind of money that would have completely solved the Greek debt crisis in the 2010. So none of the things that we may have, so that there is, there are resources in Europe, but there are some, some there is some problem with yeah, finding political will to channel them in a way that would, that would uh, yeah, address the most salient problem at that particular problem uh, at that particular moment and in a way then one may ask so what are we trying to do there are we just trying to discipline naughty some of the more naughty europeans or what is what is what is so why did we actually expose europe those people to such suffering and europe uh, uh, europe at large so i think there is so yeah so there has to be um, there has to be some movement with, within Europe also along political lines and namely that we have to as Europeans all of us especially those who live in the center of, of Europe to actually take seriously the need to to share and not as something which is part of our goodwill but actually something that we owe to those who share market with us and make this uh, a political issue something that countries will commit to that would be Hopefully, hopefully, uh, not so easy solution, but uh, yeah, one possible path. And there are movements now in Europe which are emerging. So um, there have been several bottom-up uh, civil society movements, and you know more recently there is a so Greek pre Prime Minister Varoufakis has established the DM twenty five. Well, you know, so of course there are many many people who personally like him or dislike him but I think it's it's far less important than the thing that he's one of those who have actually realized that we need to politicize Europe from within not to try to undo it or to dissolve it but rather take seriously that we need serious institutional reforms within Europe and that those have to come from creating political cleavages along you know more more left uh, left right lines rather than countries vis-a-vis uh, -vis other country lines and that is really something that we have to to do not not anymore yes no europe but rather what kind of europe thank you so much for this interesting conversation thank you thank you been listening to the EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University, funded by a Getting to Know Europe grant from the European Commission delegation in Washington, D.C.